Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity just to speak before your people, Father. I don't take it lightly. God, I thank you, Lord, that you've prepared our hearts to receive your word, Father, and that your word will come forth today with power and accuracy, Father, accomplishing that which you sent it out to do, Father. We thank you that your word will not return unto you for it. And Father, I'll be so sure to give you the glory and the honor for what you're going to do here today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. 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 Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Uh, I, I forgot some of my props at home. I was going to bring a nice little rose for an illustration that I'm, I was going to do, but it's okay. I still can do it without it. Amen. <clears throat> If I asked you guys today, if I said the word love, what would come to your mind? God, okay. One another. And, and, and no answer is wrong. It's not a trick question. Emotions, being in a relationship, your spouse, commitment, family. Sacrifices. Sacrifices. Yeah. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, today I'm going to talk about knowing God's love. Last week, Brother Allen talked about trust, trusting God after amen. And I tell you, that brother blessed my soul. My, my spirit was just shouting all over that place last week. And I said, God, he's, he, he, he's, he's preaching my message. What am I going to do next week? <laughs> but it's all good. Like he said, God just built on top of it. And so, as I was meditating on love, and we know this is a day that we celebrate love, but you all know we can celebrate love every day, all because of God and his great love. And so as I meditated on love, I thought about uh, being a young, silly young girl, and we used to play this game with rose petals, like you pull off the rose. He loves me, he loves me not. And I thought, that's such a silly game, God. Why did I play that game? It was stupid. And then I thought, God, I am so glad your love for us don't depend upon where the last rose petal lands. And then I thought, even if it did, even if God's love depended upon where the last rose petal landed, it would always be, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. God loves me. And how I began to study about God's love is one night I went upstairs to go to bed, and on my Chester drawer was this love CD, a Christian love CD that people play at their weddings. And I'm going, where did this come from? And so I began to play it every night over and over and over and the first night I played it, I'm not going to lie, I cried, God, why am I listening to this? Pastor Johnny's gone, God, ain't got nobody to love you. God, why am I listening to this? And now Daniel's gone too. I had myself a good old-fashioned self-pity party. Cried myself to sleep. I got a good night's sleep though. And, but I couldn't get away from it, and I continued to play it every night over and over and over. I drove my daughter crazy. One night she said, Mom, can you turn it down? I got to go to sleep. I got to get up early. 
so I kindly moved the CD player to the other side of the room. She was able to sleep. I still was able to play it over and over and over. And as I listened to the words of that CD, I started to think, hmm, I like that song. I can use that song the next time I get married. Yeah, that'll work. Mm -hmm. That'll work. And I still played it over and over and over for weeks, every night. And it went from being a love song between a husband and a wife to love songs between me and God. And God began to minister his love to me in a way that I needed it. You see, as many of you know, I lost my youngest son in 2015. So God knew that I needed to know without a shadow of a doubt that he still loved me. I didn't verbally question his love, but with the death of my son, it shook our family to the core. And I, I, I knew God loved me up here, but I was going through such a range of emotions. I was like, God, I can't believe this is happening to me again. God, I can't believe this is happening to my family. And God began to minister his love to me. And then Pastor D comes and gives us the challenge of, I call it IDPT, intentionally disciplined prayer time with God. And I said, God, I want this. God, I desire this. But most important of God, I need this in my life right now. And Dwayne challenged us to start out with 15 minutes. And if you all, when you get to really know me, I'm kind of competitive. And I'm going, God, I don't want 15 minutes. I want an hour. God, I need you that desperate in my life. If this season in my life, I need that. I said, but God, you know I'm not a morning person. You gotta wake me up early. And I can say, God has been so faithful. And so he began to meet me in that time. And I, I, I wasn't asking for anything. All I could say was, God, I love you. God, I need you. Oh, God, I worship you, God, and I submit my will unto you, God. And God became so personal. His presence has been so strong during those times. And so he just continued to show me how much he loved me. And then Pastor D comes back and say, the 40 hours leading up to New Year's, I'm going, God, I want that too. I said, now I need two hours, God, an hour for prayer time and an hour in your word. And it didn't come all at once, but thank God I worked um, work from home so I could study throughout the day. So I got my hour in. And God has been so good because he knew that I needed to know how much he still loved me in the spite of my loss and my pain and my grief and my heartache. I needed to know God still loved me because I felt like when the man of God prayed for the woman to have a male child and he died and then the, the, the man of God said God hid it from him, I felt like I, God hid it from him. I had no clue that my, my son was leaving here and I was not prepared. You never prepared for your loved ones to die, but when they die at a young age and then the parent had to bury the son, it, it's, just, it's just not right. <laughs> but uh, God ministered his love to me, and then he began to use people 
to, to show me how much he still loved me. For example, there were two different couples from two different states who don't know each other, but God almost spoke to them the same thing. Usually I go to a prayer conference every year in Houston, and for whatever reason, me and my girlfriends were not going in 2015, and I got a chance to see Suzette, who heads up the prayer conference, and she said, are you, she, she hugged me, she said, we've been praying for you, we've been praying for you and your family, we know it's tough. And she said, are you coming to the prayer conference? I said, no, I can't make it this year and stuff. And that was that. And so, because I'm still dealing with Daniel's death, and I saw Daniel's birth, uh, birthday would have been September the 21st, and so I was kind of down. And I saw the florist truck come up with this big, beautiful plant. And I'm thinking, oh, my girlfriend Merlin sent me a plant. I have a friend in uh, Dallas, Texas, and I thought she had sent me a plant, but I was wrong. It was Suzette. They had sent me this gorgeous plant. And so I texted her and said, thank you so much for the plant. It, it brightened up my day. Today would have been Daniel's birthday. And I you know, left it and went on by my business. A little while later, I checked my phone to see if she replied. And I saw this text she had sent me before she had sent the plant. And I'm going, she must have think I was crazy. And in her text, she said, Jackie, we've been praying. And me and my husband would like to fly you down here for the conference. All expense paid. You can stay with us. They flew me down first class. I had a driver at the baggage claim. I mean, they made me feel so welcome and so loved. And God ministered to me at that conference to let me know he still loved me. And that was in October. November comes, this couple from Atlanta that's good friends with the family. They're like very close with us. Darlene and her husband, she called me, she said, Jackie, we've been praying for you, and me and my husband want you to come down for Thanksgiving. We'll fly you down. You can stay with us. we got plenty of room. I'm going, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And so I went, and I was blessed, and I you know, saw my two sisters and one of my brothers, and God blessed, and he just continued to minister his love to me in those ways, and I began to do a study on God's love. Because how many, you know, like Brother Allen said last week, you're gonna go through some things, the trials and the tribulations and the knocks of this life can knock you down sometimes. The blows are so hard. But I've learned it's how you go through it that makes the difference. You know, we can all be knocked on our feet, but do you get up? Do you draw closer to God or do you blame God and run away from him? And I thought about the, the porn footprint. I know you guys probably heard of it. And I looked it up because I don't know it by heart. And it was interesting that there's like at least three different people claiming to be the author of this poem. It's been in the court system for that reason. And, and as I read it, I'm going, God, this is so good. It shows your love. So basically, this young man is, um, has this vision of himself walking on the beach. And at times, he saw two, set, uh, two sets of footprints. And at times, there was only one. 
And as he flashed back over his life, during the times of trouble and trial and tribulation, there was only one set of footprints. And he, was, he began to say, God, where were you when I was going through that mess? Where were you when the trials came and the tribulations came? Because, God, I only saw one set of footprints when I was going through those things. And God answered. He said, my son, you see, when the troubles came your way, when the trials and tribulations of this life came to your door, I was carrying you. See, I love you enough to carry you through the storms of life so that you can make it. And, and I thought about that. And so I began to study the word about God's love. And then I'd just like to share what he's been sharing with me, if you'll go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. Ephesians, chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 16. But first, uh, in the beginning of the chapter, Paul is talking to the Gentiles, and he's asking them, have they heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to them, and how they, uh, as Gentiles, we are to be fellow partakers of the promise that's in Christ. And then, starting in verse 14, he begins to pray for the Gentiles. So I want to pick, up, pick it up at verse 16. He says that he, meaning God, will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may, may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you've been rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. So here's Paul. He's praying for the Gentiles that God would grant them according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. Now, this word might here means dunamis, which means miraculous power and ability. He's praying that God will strengthen us with power by his spirit in our inner man. And if you think about the inner man, usually what's going on in our inner man will always affect our outer man, whether it be spiritually or physically, it will always some uh, way show up in the outer man. And so what's so awesome about this scripture is that God not only desires for us to be strengthened with power, but he provides the ways and the tools in which we can be strengthened by power. He says it's out of according to his riches and glory that we be strengthened with power by his spirit in our inner 
man. So the way that God provides for us to be strengthened with power is by his spirit and according to his riches in glory. And if you look up the word riches here, it has two meanings. One of them does mean wealth, money, possession, valuables, and so forth. The other one means bestowment. And I believe Paul was praying that God would bestow upon us strength with power by his spirit in our inner man. Oh, church, God wants us to be strengthened in our inner man. And I love the way the Amplifier reads, excuse me, it says, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your, your innermost being and personality. God wants his presence so strong in our life that we become strengthened with power. And like I said, he provides the way for us to do it, and it's by his spirit and the riches of his glory. Next verse, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That Christ may dwell, meaning that Christ may reside or house permanently. Christ wants to live in our hearts permanently. He don't want to come and live and then we kick him out and go back in the world. He wants to come and live in our hearts permanently. And he, he goes on that we may be rooted and grounded in love. Brother Allen began to step on my toes. He said, now Jesus is the root system and, you know, we draw everything from him. I'm going, Lord, mm, my spirit was jumping. It was all good. And he broke it down. To be rooted means to be stable. To be stable. And I, and I began to think about how <clears throat> in the natural, when plants are grafted together, the plant with the root is cut on an on a angle. And then the plant to be grafted is placed right in that cut. And then they wrap it and bind it together. And everything that the engrafted plant needs to grow comes from the roots of the rooted plant. Now, we as Gentiles have been engrafted back into the family of God. And it's by the blood of Jesus and everything that he suffered on the cross, every stripe. And we've been grafted back in by his blood. And everything that we need to live and to flourish and to bear fruit comes from the root system himself, Jesus Christ. And the adhesive that binds us together with Jesus is the love of God. Oh, church, what a great love. The Bible said that God has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. We've been engrafted back in the family of God. Amen? Amen. God is so good. God, thank you for your love. And the thing about God, he didn't sit back and hold back and wait till we responded to him. He actively pursued us and wooed us to himself with love, cords of love. Because my Bible tells me in Jeremiah 3, 31 and 3, I have loved thee with loving, with everlasting love, and with loving kindness I have drawn thee. He says he has loved us with an everlasting love, a love that will not end, a love that will not fail, a love that will not give up, but it will continue forever 
and ever and ever. And he's drawn us to himself with love and kindness. And he didn't start loving us one day because we did something to please him. God has always loved us. Like Alan said, before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew us. Before we took our first breath, God knew us. Before we took, walked our first step, God knew us and loved us. We have always been on the mind of God and on his heart. And I thought about how in the book of Genesis, when he said, let us go make man in our image, in our likeness. And my mind began to imagine how that conversation might have went between the father and the son. And I imagine that God said, son, let us go make man in our image and our likeness so you know, we can have more family because God's love is so great that he just want to bless, just want to love on us, just want to love on us. And he said, you know, we're going to go down and we're going to make this first Adam. But son, you know, he's going to fail. So I'm going to need a backup plan, son, and I want you to be the backup plan because this first Adam's going to fail, so I need you to be the second Adam. I need you to go down in a form of man, and I need you to walk before him. Show him how it's done, how to walk right, how to talk right, how to live right before me. I want you to show them the way. And I imagine Jesus saying, Father, I can do that. I know it's going to be hard, but nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. I can go down, and I'll show them the way. I'll show them how to walk right, talk right, and live up holy before you. Because, Father, what you tell me to do, that's what I do. What you tell me to speak, that's what I'll speak. And, Father, I know that the same love you have for me, you have for them. And I know that they are supposed to be joint heirs with me. And I know that you intended for the first Adam to rule and reign and walk up before you. But because he fell, Father, I'll go down and be that second Adam. Amen. All because of love. The Bible tells us in Romans 5 and 8, but God showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, what a great love. While we were yet sinners, dead in our sins, Christ died for us. And the thing about love is that it's an action word. And I was listening to Dwayne this morning talk about Arkansas. Got some strange ways in Arkansas. Although the, growing up in Arkansas, although you from Arkansas, they would say, I'm from the show me state. You got to show me that you love. Now the show me state is in Missouri, but the Arkansas people would use it. <laughs> it was crazy. But, but it's true on one hand. If you love somebody, in some way, form, or fashion, you're going to show them that you love them. Love is an action word. You see, because God loved us, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. 
And because Jesus loved us, he laid down his life for us. All because of love. Go with me to John 3, verse 16. John 3, verse 16. Thank you, Lord, for your great love. Thank you, Lord. It says, and this is one of the basic scriptures I learned as a new believer. It's stable, it's foundation, is just there for us. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the scripture tells us that we love him because he first loved us. Look, so to me that says, I couldn't have loved God unless he loved me first. So he has always loved us. There was once a famed German theologian by the name of Karl Barth. That's a word, mouthful. And he had visited the United States. And this young man at seminary asked him, Dr. Barth, what is the single most important thing you have learned as a theologian? And Dr. Barth replied, the most important thing I have learned is this. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And you remember hearing that in Sunday school when you were a little kid back then. It was Sunday school, not children's church. And although you might not have known what it really meant, it got in your spirit and it never left you. It never leaves you that Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. My, my grandson's not here today. He's going to be my sidekick. But next time. And so Jesus' love for us is just our basic foundation. Our basic foundation. Amen? And God not only loves us, but he loves us much more than anyone has ever loved us. And he has demonstrated his love for us more deeper than anyone will ever show us. In John 3, 1, it said, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And the greatest expression of that love that has ever been demonstrated is when God sent his son to the cross for our sins, to die for our sins. You see, the cross is that much more love of God. And the cross removes any doubt that God truly loves us. You know, sometimes you hear Christians say, how do I know God loves me? I don't know if God really loves me. Uh, you know, and they get into that, but if they look to what he did, he gave his only begotten son for our sins, and Jesus died on the cross for us. The cross should remove any doubt that God truly love us, church. Let's go on. I'm going to try to finish up here. Let's see. The next verse, which is 18. Yes, 18. In Ephesians 3, verse 18. So Paul continues with the prayer. He said that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height 
And what, is, what he's saying here is that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints, with all God's people. Now, this word comprehend means to take active eagerly or seize. It means to seize the experience of God's great love, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, with all of God's people. He wants us to seize that experience of his great love with all of his people. You know, his love is so vast that as of June 2015, there were 7.4 billion people in the world. And our God's love is so big that he's able to love all 7.4 billion of us. And at the same time, love each one of us individual. What a great love we have from the Father. Amen. If you just think about that, it blows your mind. God loves us, church. And he loves us. Now, verses 19 through uh, 21. There's a great uh, a man... I consider him a father in the faith, that God has blessed him with to be skilled in the Hebrew and the Greek and has given him illumination of his word. And I've been blessed to be up under his ministry at times that I've heard him. His name is uh, Brother Ed Corley. So after I read verses 19 through 20, I want to go back and read. He put together this study manual on the book of Ephesians. And so, you know, when you're studying, you're trying to grab all the tools you can to really, you know, expound on the word of God. And so, after I read those verses, I like to go back in his study manual and read the way he put it together because it uh, clears things up a little bit for me, anyway. In verse 19, it says, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, and I try to wrap my mind around that and checking out every word in the Greek and stuff. I said, God, I need your help. And so I found this manual and I began to read it. And I'm going, that makes sense. That makes sense. The way Brother Corley put it in his study manual, he says, And to know what that love is which actually surpassed your knowing in order to that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, our minds are limited, or when we learn a thing, it's what we learn. But God has to surpass our knowing in order that we be filled with his fullness, because we're going to only learn to so far. But God wants to surpass that, our knowing, our mere knowledge, so we can be filled with his fullness. He wants to be his presence to be in us so that we are filled and we are overflowing and we're flooded and running over with him. Amen? Amen. And it goes on to say in verse 20 and verse 21, the interesting, interesting thing about verse 20, you know, Paul started out praying about that dunamis power that we be strengthened with it. And he ends up in verse 20 and he says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. This word power is the same dunamis. And so he, he says that, you know, we often use this scripture and we stop at above all that we can ask or think. We stop there. I know I've done it many, many of times. But 
It's according to that power that, <clears throat> that is working within us. Now, Brother Corley put it this way. He says, now unto him who is powerful to do exceedingly beyond all things whatsoever you might ask or think, according to the power which is working in us. If God doesn't have anything to work with us, how can he bring to pass those things we ask or think? If we're not filling our spirit with his word, praying in the spirit, spending time with God, meditating on his word, communion with him. You know, when Pastor D give us these challenges, it's for our good. And because when you are going through trials and tribulation, your mindset, you cannot. I know for me, I, when I was going through the death of my son, I couldn't sit down and read the word. When I was going through the death of my husband, I couldn't sit down and read the word. My heart was too broken. But because God had put his word in me, I had taken the time beforehand. I remember before Pastor Johnny died, God had me in this one particular passage of scripture. And it was good. I was reading it over and over and over. I'm going, God, this is good. This must be for the end time. You're going to be there for me, blah, blah, blah. Little did I know within a month that my husband would be gone. And my life was turned upside down. But it didn't matter because what I learned through that situation is that God was still God. He was still worthy to be praised and honored and glorified. He had not changed because Pastor Johnny had gone. And I remember one time we were speaking to the singles. And I told them, I said, listen, before I was Pastor Johnny's wife, I was God's woman. You see, there's a place in my being that Pastor Johnny can't touch. You see, that place is reserved for God and God alone. And God put that place within us for himself. And so I was encouraging them because the name of our topic was preparing to be a gift. How God was preparing me to be a gift for him and how God was preparing him to be a gift for us. For, for, for me, vice versa. I messed that up, right? But anyway, so... God needs something to work with. So when we are doing what God has told us to do, we are feeding our inner man, we will have something to stand on. And that's the word of God, saints. The word of God. Everything that we need to live on this earth this day is here. It's in this blueprint. God has laid it out for us. Amen? Amen. And in verse 21, he ends up, giving God the glory. He says, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the generations of the ages to come. Amen and amen. Now, knowing God's love, that's not the end. It's just the beginning. Because once we come to know the love of God, and he begins to fill our life with his fullness, and we begin to overflow, he wants us to give it to others. We are to share this great love with us. In Romans 8, 5, 5, 5 it says, 
The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. There goes that power again, which is given unto us. He supplies the source for us to share that love. And it's through his Holy Ghost. He has the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost that is, which is given unto us. If you go with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. John chapter 13, 34 and 35. And it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, Shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another? Amen. So we are to love one another. This is the commandment from Jesus. We are to love one another. The love that God has given unto us, we are to love one another. That's what Jesus did. The love that he got from the Father, he gave it to us. We're to do the same. Amen. Amen. And go down to John 15, John chapter 15, verse 12 and 13. Here's Jesus speaking again. He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. And he's commanding us here to do what? To love one another. And he says, no greater love have no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friend. There was this uh, American Navy doctor and American Na uh, nurse in Vietnamese at an orphanage. And they were taking care of the, the wounded kids. And this little girl needed a blood transfusion. So with their uh, language barrier, they did as, as well as they could to explain to the uninjured kid that this little girl needed some blood in order to live. And they asked if anybody wanted to uh, volunteer because there were several uninjured children who was a match. And so it was quiet. Nobody responded. And then this little boy, by the name of him, his little hand began to shake and go up and then he put it back down real fast. And then it went up again and it stood up. And so they got him ready, prepared him for the transfusion, laid him on the pallet, alcohol his arm to put the needle and the IV in. And as the transfusion began, the little boy began to weep and sob uncontrollable. And they knew something was terribly wrong, but they didn't know what, what was wrong with him because of the language barrier. And then this Vietnamese nurse came in, and she was able to ask the little boy what was wrong. And he said that he was going to die because he was giving his blood, all his blood, to this little girl. And so the, when the nurse told the doctor and the American nurse what he said, the American nurse said, why would he do that? Why would he come and volunteer to give his blood when he thought... He was going to die. 
He thought he was going to die. Why would he do that? She couldn't understand why someone would do that. And so the Vietnamese nurse asked the little boy, why would he do that? And she smiled and nodded her head. And then she told the American nurse and doctor what he said. He said, because she is my friend. He was willing to die, to give every drop of his blood. That's what he thought was going to happen, because she was his friend. Jesus did the same for us, church. One last scripture. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. Have you guys been blessed today? Amen. Praise God, praise God. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. God, we thank you for your great love. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word, Father, and we thank you, Lord, for preparing our hearts to receive your great love this day. God, we thank you, Lord, and we give you the glory for all that you've done here in our lives and our hearts this day by revealing your great love to us through your word and through action, Father. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, praise God, praise God. The applications were that we are to be strengthened with dunamis power, that we may know the indwelling Christ, and that we are to be stable and settled in love and come to know the vastness of his love and to be filled with the fullness of God and to give him glory and share that great love. Amen? Amen. Amen.